0: to Once More With Commentary, of Buffy and Angel podcast. I'm Allie. And I'm Jenny, And today we're talking about Gone and Birthday. Yes. We finally got to that episode. We finally got to that.
1: This episode happened <laughs> like 20 episodes ago. <laughs> oh, oh, this is the one. Oh, this is the one. Nope. <laughs> but we had to meet Skip first
0: and all that. Yeah, so. yeah,
1: I guess.
0: Still not clear why he was there, but we'll. Sure, maybe, yeah. Maybe we'll get into that. Um, but before we get into the episodes, Jenny, how are you doing? You were telling me about adventures in the sunshine. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. I have had a nice weekend. I went to visit um, a friend of mine who had a baby, you know, a few months ago. Um, kind of, and she's living upstate right now, so I took the Metro North and with another friend, and it was a lo- it was a really lovely day. I also, I think I've only taken one Metro North line. Um, and it's like, there's one that goes up the Hudson river and it's just super pretty. It's like a great train ride. <laughs> I'm kind of like, I have this, I was talking to someone about this the other day where I was like, the only place that I truly get good reading done is on the subway because it's just the perfect level of like, I really want to ignore everything about me, but I have to use just the tiniest bit of my brain to make sure I don't miss my stop. And something about that, like really lets it's like the right level of distraction, but that so that I can focus if that makes any sense. Um, and so I was like, one day I like sometime when I have a free weekend, I'm literally just going to like ride the rails and like get some good reading (laughs) done. (laughs) But I was like, Oh, maybe I should take the Metro North and just like go up the Hudson and then like come back down. It'd be kind of expensive though. The subway is cheaper since I have a monthly pass.
0: Anyway, instead of like your hobo bag, you're just getting a Um, book. Okay, guys, I really got to finish this book. I'm gonna go ride the rails.
1: Yeah. Well, it's just like if I'm at home, I'm like I could be doing literally anything right now, or I should be doing anything, you know, like with my hands or with my whatever. And then you know, so it's just like hard to focus. Anyway, but I had a lovely day. It was the first nice day in a really long time, so we spent a lot of time outside, and I definitely had a little like sun hangover. Where I was like, "Oh, I could not keep my eyes open <laughs> for the rest of the night when I finally got home." Even on the train, trains are also great for sleeping. Yeah, I love the subway when you're not like actually just running late to work. <laughs> and when there's, when it's I mean, for there's fun. also a lot of horrific things that go on on the subway. So like, I guess this is all with a big asterisk, but. <laughs> But I do like riding the subway or trains. MTA Metro North isn't really the subway, but yeah, I was gonna say, do they? Is it like tunnels? Um, most of it. The most of the one, the Hudson Line is above ground. I don't know about the other lines. So, but that's why it's cool because it literally goes yeah. along the Hudson and you're above ground, so you've got like self well, service. What I mean. I and was you, getting yeah, getting
0: really confused because you were talking about like how it was so pretty, and then yeah. you're like, oh, but the subway. I was like, uh. sorry,
1: I'm talking about both at <laughs> once. But yesterday, I specific. I mean, I also had to ride the subway to get to the Metro North yesterday, but. Right, it's also one that leaves out of Grand Central Station and Grand Central oh, is like, is beautiful it's like a beautiful landmark and every time I go there I feel very like New York City and I feel very urban and very like classic it's like, it is 100% the opposite of Penn Station which is actual yeah. hell on earth it's just like garbage, everything about it is terrible, everybody there is terrible including yourself when you're there Ugh. but Grand Central it doesn't bring is, like, out the out best
0: in people It doesn't.
1: it's just a terrible, terrible place so I got to leave out of the better train station. I got to take a lovely train ride up the Hudson, got to see an adorable baby, got a little too much sun. But no, I didn't get sunburner. It was not that sunny or that hot, but my I am not used to it. But your system
0: has been deprived of sunshine. For yeah, a my system months, did so. not know what to do with it. <laughs> I was like, what is all this? <laughs> uh
1: anyway, but I had a nice day. You awesome. sounds like you had some fun. Maybe, yeah, maybe I, not um, yesterday.
0: <laughs> I went to a like a conference. Um Thursday, Friday, but it was in Napa, and, um, well, it was, I don't want to say disappointing for this reason, but, like, I mean, realistically, we were all a little bummed, but last year, Mm. like, I came back, and my boss was like, what would you say the theme of the conference was? And I was like, it was wine, (laughs) because (laughs) they were literally, like, handing it out at lunchtime, at, like, snack time. It was like, we're going to do a wine tasting. I feel like I remember this. Yeah, so, like, kind of the sell is like, oh, it's like, you actually do learn some interesting things, but it's also, like great for networking because everybody's just, like, kind of buzz mm-hmm. like, the whole time. Yeah. Um. But this year, like, first of all, it doubled from, like, one day to two days. And honestly, like, I found myself wondering, like, how I used to, like, how did I survive 12 years of school? Like, sitting there all day long having people talk at you is yeah. exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, we do not give kids enough credit. Um And, like, I just don't have the stamina for that anymore. But, like, also, like, at the end of the day, we were all, like, where was the wine? Like, what? And I was, like, maybe they're doing it tomorrow because, like, they didn't want to do it for both days. But, no, like, there was no wine during any of the sessions. Mm. And... I heard later that I think maybe, like, they got an email after last year that somebody felt forced to drink wine. And oh, it's like, that's yeah. totally not true. I was driving, so, like, they kept offering me wine, and I kept turning it down, and mm-hmm. nobody forced me to drink it. Like, yeah. I don't know. I think it was, like, one person ruined it for the rest of us. Yeah. And um, I, honestly, I was, like, the only person being forced to drink last year was my coworker because we sat at this table with this man who, like, just came back with, like, bottles of wine and then, like, started pouring them. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, but I was like, and we didn't make a complaint, but, um, so by the end of the day, like everybody was like ready to kind of like unwind. And so we went on the wine train, which is oh, yeah. like, I don't, yeah. I've so never like, been on I don't it, know,
1: but my, yeah. Yeah.
0: If, if people don't know, it's like this train, this, like, it's really kind of strange. It's this train that runs in Napa and it literally goes like out to St. Helena from Napa and back. Like it just like goes out and comes back and there's a couple winery stops. And so we did like, that was the conference dinner was on the mm. train. And it was so loud in the in the dining car mm-hmm. because everybody's like buzzed at that point and trying to have a conversation with strangers mm-hmm. and like all this stuff. And like I was like screaming for like three hours trying to talk. At I dinner. see. Yeah, and so I was just like, yesterday came back and I was like, you know, a little hungover. Yeah. And also, <laughs> I was like, I'm just gonna rest my voice.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I thought for sure there was gonna be karaoke involved, but.
0: There wasn't, although I did, um, we did go out. I actually, like, stayed out the latest. I've stayed out in, like, months. Mm-hmm. I, like, stayed out past two, which is, like, a big deal for me these days. That's pretty <laughs> <And> late. <laughs> it's pretty late. Like, I haven't shut down a bar in a while. I stay um, up
1: until two a lot, but not out.
0: Yeah. Last and even call is out, like, I don't do. S- yeah. yeah. Last call is not a normal thing in my life. But um, But we played darts, and I won, and I was so happy because I don't ever play darts, and... <laughs> It was, like, definitely, like, a last-minute clutch win kind of thing. And um, I was very proud of myself. (laughs) Anyway, I was, like, I I went out and socialized this week. So, you know, big big, big week for me. (laughs) Mostly I just killed my voice and, like, my liver. So it's fine. Um, But there is this... Sorry, this is becoming really long, but there is this, um <laughs> there's this bakery in Napa that is like really famous for their English muffins. Mm-hmm. And they also make a fantastic breakfast sandwich. And mm-hmm. that was like the silver lining was I was yeah. like, this wouldn't taste as good if I were less hungover.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean like it's still delicious, but you know, like yeah. you want that greasy, like Yeah, yeah. Gross, it's like a different yeah, satisfying. Macros, but- Yeah, exactly. Okay, well, that's enough about debauchery.
1: Um, (laughs) I I wasn't debaucherous. I had an innocent day with a baby.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know if debauchery is the right word, but uh, it's enough about wine. Or, like, it's like a little PSA for Napa, but...
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Um, Super cute. You should go drink wine there. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: Okay. So... Let's talk about Buffy. Let's talk about Buffy.
0: Yeah, so this is gone which is
1: honestly I have some well. things to say <laughs>
0: well I was gonna say like it was kind of a nice break from
1: oh like, well.
0: anyway I don't want to get it okay the give me your summary before and then I'll... I tell you what the yeah, what is. yeah okay so Buffy in this episode like you know in the last one Willow and Dawn get in the car accident, and so now everybody's kind of trying to, like, deal with the aftermath. Willow is obviously struggling with, like, cold turkey, and Buffy's cleaning out every magical adjacent thing in the house, including all the candles, much to Don's dismay. Mm-hmm. And Dawn's being a pouty teenager, and it's just, like, not a good morning, and, it's like, social services shows up at the house, and it's not really, like, Buffy's not presenting her best guardianship face in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, Dawn's late for school and Spike's lurking around being creepy (laughs) and it's just not a good look and so the social services officer tells Buffy that she's putting her on probation and if things don't improve then they might take Dawn away from her which if we remember back right after Joyce died like this was Buffy's real fear was that they were going to take Dawn away from her. So Buffy's understandably, like, upset about this, but doesn't really know what else to do other than go get a haircut. And mm-hmm. so she goes and chops off all her hair and then goes and gets it professionally fixed. Um, <laughs> thank God. <laughs> and then so she's leaving the salon, walking down the street, and meanwhile the trio are in- continuing on their, their plan involving this, like, invisible ray. And um, they're standing outside a- another, like... Salon, I want to say. (laughs) They're just downtown. Yeah. Well, I think they were going into this like bikini wax salon. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, they're being gross. And so Jonathan and Andrew like spy the Slayer and they get really nervous that she's going to see them. So they start fighting over who gets to turn invisible and they overload the gun and turn a bunch of things invisible in the vicinity, including Buffy. Mm -hmm. Um, So Buffy shows up at the magic box. She's like, hey, guys, look at me, I'm invisible. But her whole attitude about it seems to be really strange. Like, everybody else is freaked out. and Buffy's kind of like, yeah, whatever. And then mm-hmm. and then, kind of like, hey, isn't this neat? Like, she goes, messes with the social worker, gets herself a new appointment. And um, then she decides, like, okay, I'm going to go find Spike. And mm-hmm. um, because I guess if she can't see herself, she can't see herself having sex with Spike. But Spike seems to enjoy the fun. Sure. Um, anyway. <laughs> So Xander and Anya are doing research into these, like, invisible things that Willow had gone and found and spray-painted so they could see them. And they realize that they're starting to, like, disintegrate. Mm -hmm. And so this is something that's obviously going to happen to Buffy if she does not get Mm reverse-invisibilized. I don't know what What is that word? Okay. (laughs) Reverse-invisibilized. All right. Sorry, it's been a long weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Willow sneaks into the trio's basement and figures out, like... The the plans for the gun. Um, She gets kidnapped because they're all invisible. And (laughs) they have Buffy come meet them at an arcade to rescue Willow. And then there's a struggle. Willow turns the gun back on and turns everybody visible again. They all figure out who has been messing with Buffy this Mm -hmm. whole time. Um, They recognize everyone except for Andrew and (laughs) Tucker's brother. (laughs) (laughs) And Buffy and Willow have kind of a heart-to-heart on the street where Buffy admits that, like, you know... At first, being invisible, she didn't really have the right reaction until she realized like it was really freaky. Like Dawn, understandably, like really freaked out. And then Buffy kind of realized when she was faced with possible death that actually she doesn't want to die. So it's a bit of a turning point for her in that. And then Willow also made it through the whole day without using magic. So big win. Big win. I'm sure I forgot something. That um, was probably the worst entry ever <laughs> for me.
1: Um, I don't think it was the worst. I feel like there was one thing that I wanted you to comment on. And I forget what it was, but I think you covered all the basics. I well, it'll come out in the yeah, in the as we discuss it. I mean, I have to say i I don't I don't I didn't quite hate this episode, but I really didn't like it. And a lot of it has to do <laughs> with some specific cringeworthy moments and And that I hate them for being cringeworthy. I hate them more for being cringeworthy just to get us to Buffy cutting her damn hair. Like, we didn't have to write in a whole script about... Sarah Michelle Gellar getting a haircut. She could have just cut her hair. Buffy's allowed to just get a haircut. Like I, it didn't have to be a whole to do. And so like that, like that whole first ten minutes is like Spike has to say something creepy to her. She has to touch her hair. She's got to do this dramatic cliche. I'm upset, so I cut my hair thing. And like all of that was like, I hate this. I hate this so well, much. I, I forgot hated watching that
0: like Spike told her that he loved her hair because he's never I mean like he kept like complimenting yes, her hair and so her response to that was to chop it off. But like
1: basically. he they made him creepier than he's ever been to just get this Goldilocks line out so that she has a reason to freak out and cut her hair. I guess that was like that's my biggest biggest complaint about this episode is that like it was cringeworthy because they needed to shoehorn in a reason for her to cut her hair. Like and I think that was ridiculous. I, I appreciate the, re- the more or less the rest of this episode is interesting. It kind of works together that like, Buffy, you know, Buffy doesn't want to be seen. I, I still don't love this episode for other reasons that we can get into, which I think actually mostly have to do with me just being mad at everybody <laughs> and not really being mad at the episode. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but that, that's my biggest gripe. And that they, they, let, they lingered on it for so long. I kept thinking like, oh, I know how Spike has to come in and say his gross line, But then it was like, I was like, why are we still, she still hasn't cut her hair. Like, why is this lasting for so long? Why is everything, why are they dragging this out? (laughs) Um, So that's my biggest takeaway about this episode is that I was cringing repeatedly. I was actually looking away from the screen because I was like, I can't do this. I can't watch this. No, it's true.
0: There are parts of this episode that are straight up just uncomfortable. and And also, like, I think it would be... A little easier to deal with those if they made sense to me, but they really exactly. don't. Because Buffy has been such so hard line, like that, like you know, with Spike, like this isn't gonna happen again. Exactly. Like, and then it's and like, like <sighs> why are you in my house? And then immediately, like he's like, oh, I don't even want to talk about the scene in the kitchen. I don't but, like. Anyway. I hated it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, he's. Coming over to her house and she's like giving in, and then as soon as she's invisible, she like runs over and like seduces him basically. Yeah. And also her behavior around that, especially when Xander's there and like he yeah. can't see her, but he could probably see Spike's ear doing and like And he knows that stuff. she's invisible. Like,
1: in my head, I was always like, oh, they don't know she's invisible yet, so no one's gonna think about it. But they know. But they do. Yeah.
0: Like yeah, I just like. So risky. I feel like there weren't a lot of dots that needed to be connected there for Xander and. Yeah. Like the show kind of stupidly has him not like figure like I just yeah I agree I don't know and like also I think because all of it is so out of character for Buffy and like they try to kind of shoehorn in an explanation where Spike is like oh because you can't like it's not you can't, you're, yeah. you ex- you're not visible so you don't exist so this isn't really happening and it's like okay yeah that's kind of a deep and probably accurate like assessment, assessment Spike, yeah. but also like it feels really forced like
1: the whole thing felt forced yeah. And I think the other real gripe that I have with the episode itself and not just with everybody who I'm mad at, pretty much everybody, <laughs> and Buffy is bad in this episode, really bad. Um, is that I think once again, you know, like before we've kind of commented on this once or twice with the trio, or at least I have that, like, they sort of bring the, epi- the show into this cartoony universe. And I... I feel like early on when the material was a little bit lighter hearted, it was kind of okay. But now that like, we've really accepted that like Buffy is in a really bad state that her life is falling apart. That Willow's like, I don't know. Like now that we're trying to delve into more serious issues, I feel like it's not working. So like that part where it's like, things are flying around there. You know, it's like such a sitcom setup that she even gets shot with this invisible Ray in the first place. And I feel like that also just kind of threw me off. Like, I was like, what are, what are we doing right now? <laughs> what, is, what is the point of this episode? You know, I, I mean, I get what the point of the episode is, but I'm just saying it just, it just added one more level of, like, everything not quite clicking.
0: Well, I feel like the through line of the trio has been really backgrounded, and then also not... <clears throat> even when it's, Even when it's happening, like, they're following up on a lead or something, like, it's just not a big enough part that then now they've kind of moved to the front of, like, this is the yeah. first time they're sort of, like, aside from, like, her magical Lent thing or whatever this is the first time they're really like messing with her in a like tangible way and in a way that she could also point to like before with the time loops and all that stuff mm-hmm. like you know, she didn't really know what was going on but like it just feels really strange, like yeah. we're catching up two episodes later, picking up on this thread. Right, 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 like, right. Nothing's right, really right. been done, and like I feel like they also have to like awkwardly explain, like, "Oh, this diamond that they stole is like a mystical gem." Right, think right, Momo right. I said quasi mystical quantum properties. Yeah, okay, sure. If you say yeah, so. exactly. Like, I, they exactly. didn't really come up exactly. in, the, in the you know the robbery episode.
1: And yes, that you're right. But I think again, yes, I think that just highlights what kind of yeah, just basically what I'm trying to say is is just like what the tone is so all over the place in this episode, And they are covering some really, I think, important storylines or at least development. So to kind of have like i I just I had this moment when Buffy walks out of the salon and she's walking down the street and the trio is actually being cartoon characters in the alleyway and they shoot her with the invisible ray gun. I was like, I had the thought to myself, I was like, oh, I get it now why people don't like this season <laughs> like because cause what the hell is happening? You know, it it's like, like if the you just, if Stooges, you just, exactly like just, just, just or that something, scene like. out of context is like, how did we get to this point? And especially coming off of like, again, like, yes, you're right. That it's been so long since we've kind of really seen the trio be part of the main storyline. And I understand why they had like, why that happens, but that we went, had once more with feeling that we had Tabula Rasa and that we had these really dramatic episodes with Willow. It's like, we've just really, we're in a different, darker place now. And to just dial it back and be like, but the trio wacky hijinks, you know, is like, no, <laughs> especially because there is this sinister layer to the stuff that they're doing. I just don't know why they went for this kind of like they're trying to fit too many tones into it and they don't think they need it.
0: Yeah, like it works when it's like minor, you know, stuff that they're yeah. kind of messing with Buffy. But like this episode, I mean, we have talked before how like Warren clearly seems to be on a different level yes. than like, Jonathan and <laughs> Andrew and like, you know, He's basically going full murderer here, where like Willow notices that the gun is at the wrong setting and yeah. knows this and is basically just gonna like kill Buffy. And, and even
1: Jonathan and Andrew have to like talk him down. They're like, that's not, yeah, they're like, this <laughs> isn't
0: what we signed up yeah, for. Like, we're not doing we're this. Not but murderers, it's also kind of yeah. played as like a joke almost. Yeah. Like, not really, like, but like for a joke in like the way the trio is interacting with each other, like Warren is kind of like, get over it you know or whatever but like their interaction still kind of seems played for comic relief but but they're like discussing whether or not warren's going to kill buffy like it's it's really strange and and even then like buffy doesn't really seem to take them seriously as a threat until willow kind of puts out like the gun and even then i'm not sure she does and it's just this kind of small moment that gets really quickly glossed over but it's really important we're like this guy like if, say, if everything hadn't gone wrong or hadn't gone right and Willow doesn't know the plans, like, well, there's no show anymore. Buffy's dead. So, yeah. I mean, I know that's, like, the premise of every episode. Sure, no, 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 but, but I
1: think you're right. And actually, I think what you're also getting at is um, that I think you and I talked early in this season about how the trio is really interesting as a story, as a, as characters in 2019, and kind of watching how they're this, like, they are underestimated. We're kind of not taking their misogyny serious. Like, all these kind of little things, like, ended up kind of, especially in the early episodes, like, working really well, you know? And I think you and I had the question of, like, oh, do, they, do you think they meant to do this? Or is this just an accident that, like, in 2019, this is just kind of playing better than they really wrote it? And I think this ans- this episode answers that question. They don't know what Which they're is, doing. No. <laughs> because, it, yeah, exactly. Exactly what you're saying is that they take this actually important moment with Warren, and they're just not nailing it. They're not nailing the execution of, like... This should have been... Normally, they can kind of weave in these, like, this is an important side point that we're going to gloss over, but you'll it will make sense later. And instead, they're really just playing it for laughs. And then it's going to make sense later. But it's like they're not... It's not going to be a smooth transition, <laughs> you know? And also that it's not clear to me that even
0: after all of this, like, Buffy's considering them fully as, a like, an antagonist. Yeah. Like, because it's not clear what, like... Obviously, part of this, I think, is that the trio has unresolved aims like they don't yeah. they don't agree as a group on what they're trying to do but see I think it does should be yeah a, this should be a signal to like Buffy and her friends that they at least need to be a threat that needs to be neutralized in some way if they're even if they're not the most important threat but I feel like all of this happens and they they're not really considering, like, okay, what are we going to do about these guys? Yeah, I
1: guess that's true. I I believe her not taking them totally seriously, but I think you're right that, like, they maybe should have, like, some. (laughs) Like, okay, but we need to, like, do away with these buttheads, you know? And you're, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, and I think that's because the episode is focusing more on, like, this, like, Buffy and Willow both have a really hard day, right? Right. Like, Willow's trying to get through magic, or life without magic, and Buffy's just trying to, like... Deal with all the like fallout from like she's still dealing honestly with the fallout from like being brought well, back. I mean being dead, yeah. but also like, you know, once more the feeling like all of that. Right. Like, it, admitting to herself that she didn't want to be there right. and then admit, admitting it to her friends. And then now kind of I mean, I know that they kind of like there's a lot of like really um what's the word I'm looking for? Like clunky metaphor stuff happening this season, like Willow's whole storyline. But I do think Buffy's is a really neat allegory for depression. And like, I was really struck by that when her conversation with Willow, when she's talking about, you know what, today was a start. Like I, she's like, I don't feel good. She's like, but I, I realized that I don't want to die. And I was like, oh my God, like, you know, she's, Basically, if you substitute yeah. being magically dead for depression, like, she's yeah. not okay, but she's starting to come out of, like, the worst of yeah. it. And yeah. I think that's the focus of the episode, but then, like, I think because it's then just juxtaposed with all this other hygiene. Yeah. Sort of <laughs> it's, it's, exactly. like, it's just, like, it's like, what are you doing? T- yeah, it kind of, like punches a hole in that and also well and it kind of
1: doesn't land as much I agree I agree and I think because once again in the beginning of the episode they're also at least Buffy as a character is really trying to draw this through line between Willow's addiction and her depression and they're not the same thing you know when she's like oh I get it how Willow keeps falling into these habits and is using it as a reference to her and Spike and it's like Buffy you're making bad choices you don't have an addiction to Spike that's not the same thing and I don't think it's ever presented as the same thing. So you're right that they'll either. But and maybe that's just Buffy being confused about how she feels and, you know, what what's happening in the life. But I feel like they they also kind of muddy it a little bit because it's like they they want Buffy and Willow to be on the same page. And they kind of try and shoehorn those things in together, too. And it's like they're dealing with I mean, they're dealing with similar issues in a sense, but mostly like they have very different underlying roots, <laughs> you know, like. Willow's I like, dealing with addiction exactly. and like you said,
0: Buffy's dealing with like. Depression Her, and bad
1: choices, you know. Which yeah, are bad choices going, as a
0: result of, like, a depression, yeah, but, like... they're not the same thing. Yeah, you're right. She's not, like, unable She's to... She's not like, grabbing
1: for Spike because be, for the same reasons that Willow is grabbing for Sage.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Or whatever, you know.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I just,
1: mm-hmm. I just feel
0: like those two storylines, like, having Willow and Buffy explore this is one thing, but then, like, yeah. trying to have them discover all of this at the hands of, like what like you keep saying looks like a cartoon like I just
1: (laughs) totally it
0: it didn't really work very well for me I mean like even I mean well going back to this idea of like did they plan this to be like some kind of metaphor like I was thinking about this like literally when Buffy gets turned invisible they're standing outside a salon where like I think it's like a nail salon and like a waxing place because it said like bikini waxes and they're like clearly gonna like
1: their go goal is just to, get, yeah, to go to watch these women. Yeah. And I'm like,
0: so they're thinking, oh, naked women. And I'm like, first of all, that's going to be more traumatic. Yeah, than <laughs> not, <fun laughs> not maybe going to gonna be it. the
1: scene that you expect.
0: <laughs> yeah, but also, like, it just gets so glossed over. And it's like, true,
1: it's true. Oh,
0: ha, ha invisible, ray. Right? But, like, I mean, Jonathan even says it. Like, I thought it was just going to be, like, naked women yeah. or something. And it's like, that That itself never gets unpacked. And that yeah. is completely gross. <laughs> and is, I feel like is. that's also being just used as a joke. It is, and it's like, it is. It Part is. of this whole toxic mix it of them, is. but like I think because it's all accidental and like maybe even looking at it through a two thousand nineteen lens, mm-hmm. kind of makes it seem even more accidental. Yeah, like I, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. No, but just I that, agree with like, you. It's
1: just that this this episode is just exposing all the problems with the trio, whereas before it really almost seemed like they were gonna escape by by an accidental like great writing, and it turns out that it's not totally going to land. I mean, I, I'm i am still hopeful that some of the later stuff is going to kind of still work and be interesting, but I think you're right that, like, ultimately, at the time that this was written and aired, the writers and the creators still thought them ogling women was a joke, whereas through our eyes, it seems clear that that's, like, another undercurrent of, like, of evilness to them, them and their actions, and it would be nice if it worked perfectly in 2019. It's like, wow, what foresight, but it just, it's not true. (laughs) Um, okay. But I want to cover some other stuff about this episode in particular. I know that Dawn is being a whiny brat in this episode, but I really, she has been getting treated very badly. (laughs) And I do think that this episode did a decent job of making that kind of apparent. Like, I get Buffy's whole thing with the social worker, but honestly, that poor woman was just doing her job. She showed up there to a mess of a situation, and as much as they try and, again, play it off like, oh, everything's just gone wrong this morning, like, we know that's not true. It is always like that there. You know, Willow just drove Dawn into a car accident. Spike is there all the time. You know, like, none of that was unusual for what how they're living, and I get that, like, it sucks because I don't know that taking Dawn away from the last family she has left would really be the right thing for her. And that's like a bigger question about like social services in general. But I just, I think they're so unfair to that woman. And Buffy is really, really genuinely effing up and she needs to get it together. You know what I mean? So it's like, she didn't even know it was Wednesday and that's the day that this social worker is showing up. Like she is failing at this. And that that, that hasn't already hit her is is crazy, you know?
0: Yeah, Dawn is acting out in a really immature way, but she also is kind but of justified in in a totally being upset. predictable like,
1: way though. She's not yeah. doing anything that literally every teenager who's not getting enough attention does. You know what I mean? It's like she's completely yeah. by the book and that they can't even see it is But I mean like
0: her behavior is not great, but it also doesn't discount the fact that she actually has a valid reason for being upset. She like does. think about yeah. it. Like, okay, yes. Willow just drove her into like a wall, basically. Yeah. And also, before that, both Buffy and Willow didn't come home. And they so don't like, come home again Dawn's... in this episode. They did yeah. it again. <laughs> so, like, yeah. So, Dawn, like, sulking at her and being like, thanks for your concern is totally valid. It's totally valid. kind of valid because, yeah. like, Buffy's kind of been showing that she doesn't really care what And Dawn she's gets not Buffy paying attention with. at all. And neither is
1: Willow. And I get it that, like, again, like we've pointed out, like, they're going through some really serious issues themselves. Maybe they're not in the position to raise a 16 year old, you know? Like, oh man, but I just got really mad at Buffy. And, and in particular, the scene where she comes back, you know, the whole, the confrontation that she has with Dawn, where she's invisible and Dawn is like, what are you doing? It was like, how did that, I think it does ultimately is the thing that snaps Buffy out of it. But by the end of the episode, I was a little disappointed that like they resolve it with Willow and and Buffy having a heart to heart. And I feel like it's still then apparent that like she and Dawn are just not, Resolved, <laughs> you know, like right. she really does owe something to Dawn, and she's still not recognizing that. I was just upsetting.
0: Yeah, and I think that also, yeah. and think about how much she's not paying attention. Like this whole confrontation in the kitchen happens when Dawn is sneaking into the I house. I know exactly. And doesn't realize that Buffy's there, but Buffy doesn't even call her exactly. out on it. Buffy's just like, "Oh hey," and like, mm-hmm. and because she's so wrapped up in being invisible. Like, "Hey, look at this! How cool
1: is this?" And yeah. then.
0: Like, Don's literally coming home, like, because Buffy had told her exactly. earlier to come home right
1: after school. Exactly, and, like, Buffy, you weren't even there to check that she did, so, like, of course she's not going to do it. <laughs> like, oh, so frustrating. Yeah, I just, I... Yeah, I know that, the, like, Don and Michelle Treckenberg and all that stuff doesn't always work right because of the, like, lines that they write her and or the way that she delivers them, but I think the underlying story is, like, is 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 a... I don't want to say it's a good one. It's a very frustrating one. But like everything that she's doing makes a lot of sense to me, especially now. Like then it's like, oh, thinking back on Once More With Feeling when she's like stealing and singing this little sad song about how nobody notices her. And I'm like, man, Dawn, nobody notices you. Literally nobody is checking up on you in this episode. And this is the episode where a social worker shows up and like still no one's there taking care of you. I guess Xander's kind of doing his part, but he's the only one.
0: Yeah. (sighs) Xander's just quibbling about wedding details, so.
1: I mean, he did, I mean, to say he showed up to take her to school and it's like, he doesn't have to do that. So good on him, but yeah. yeah. Well,
0: I mean, that's the other thing is Buffy's really relying on her friends to like pick up the slack and it's not really their job.
1: And I appreciate, exactly. So it's like, I appreciate that Xander's doing that. It's above and beyond. And I think it is, it is a little expected because they're very close and he, you know, but it is a little Buffy needs to work on it. Um, I did
0: like some of the comedy in this episode though.
1: Um, I liked the Anya comedy. <laughs> what other stuff did you like?
0: I like when, um, Buffy's, like, telling the social worker, she's like, that's, that's not what you think. She's oh. like, it's,
1: it's magic weed. Oh, see, I didn't like that, though, because I was like, really, Buffy, you're like, she was such a cartoon character in that scene. I was like, you can't think of another single thing to say than it's magic weed.
0: But I guess that's why I thought it was Ugh. funny, because, like, magic weed doesn't mean anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and makes it sound like actual weed. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> Also, everybody asking Buffy, like, are you okay? Have you been feeling ignored lately? Like, <laughs> if anyone is going to turn invisible, it's going to be dumb. That's yeah,
1: true. I did like those callbacks, and I did also like everybody's like, oh, your hair must be so cute, but <laughs> we can't see it.
0: <laughs> Again, but that's just really strange how her haircut becomes part of the story.
1: Uh, see, but I guess, I, yeah, maybe, but I guess I just think that is a thing that, like, someone would, if I was like, oh, I'm invisible, but I got a haircut, you'd be like, oh, cute. I don't know. I thought it was cute coming from Anya, where she's like, oh, what does it look like? (laughs) Yeah. Also, I
0: kind of like the way the camera uses the, like, concept of invisibility, because Buffy's listening to Xander's message about how she's going to become, um, basically pudding, Mm -hmm. and then the camera kind of, like, pans up to, like, where her face would be if she were reacting to hearing this message, but, like, obviously it's just the kitchen, because, like, Buffy's (laughs) invisible, but I thought that was actually kind of cool. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I agree. Hmm. It's focusing on the the good parts. Yeah. So. (laughs) Why can't I do this with Angel? I'm like, this episode (laughs) sucked. And I'm not like, but the camera work was really good. Well, I think,
1: I think because in Angel, the camera work is also not good. (laughs) I do think sometimes we try and focus on those like other details and it's like, nope, those are bad too. (laughs) Okay. But I am ready to talk about Angel unless you've got more to cover. No, I'm ready. Let's talk about birthday. Birthday. Okay. Um. I already forget what pithy line you gave me to sum this episode up. But this is a... You know, we get a Cordelia-centric episode. Cordelia, um, everybody is cleaning up from the disaster of their like battle with all these demons and Wolfram and Hart. But um, the rest of the gang surprises Cordelia with a birthday cake because it turns out it's her birthday. Um, She has a vision and it knocks her into a coma, which is really upsetting, especially to her, because she realizes that she can see everything that's going on. Like she's in another plane or something from her body. So she can see everybody panicking about her. She can see and observe everything that's going on, but she can't interact with anything. So while Cordelia's in this, what turns out to be like an astral state, um, the rest of the gang tries to figure out what's gone wrong. Meanwhile, she gets a visit from skip the demon guard from a few episodes ago with Billy, who basically tells her like, um, you have a choice, which is this isn't what was supposed to happen. You weren't supposed to get these visions from Doyle. This was never the plan. So why don't we just put you back in the life that you were supposed to have, which is that you're a mega successful, super happy, awesome actress in LA and you've made it big. Um, meanwhile, I forgot to say this while the rest of the gang is kind of trying to figure out what has gone wrong with Cordelia. They find out that she's been hiding from them, that she's been suffering really severe, like brain damage due to the, um visions that she's been getting and she's been taking stronger and stronger pain medication her brain is like not functioning the way that it's supposed to and she's been keeping it from them this whole time that how badly the visions have been affecting her which we've kind of seen alluded to once or twice so cordelia does make a choice which we can talk about into taking this alternative life that she was supposed to have or alternate life rather um so while she gets put back into this other universe where she is a super successful sitcom star um she still has this nagging feeling about this vision that she had at the beginning of the episode, and so little by little, she ends up tracking down like the message that she left on the wall during the episode, and she finds Wesley and Gunn, and she finds this address where this you know this vision that she had, and basically sees what this whole thing would look like if she hadn't gotten the visions and if she hadn't met Angel and joined their investigation team, um, and it looks pretty grim. So she ends up taking the visions back from Angel, who's the one who would have gotten them if she didn't, um, and Skip tells her, well, the only way that you can keep them is if you become part demon, and Cordelia makes the choice to just accept that, and then we see everything more or less get put back to normal, except that now she's slightly demonic. Happy birthday. (laughs) So
0: I think also, this is Cordelia's 21st birthday, right?
1: Oh, probably. Is it? It I don't know. Well, I don't
0: know. I was trying to do the math, and I was like, well in season
1: 3 they were 18. So no. Yeah. Season 4 5 6. Oh yeah, I guess 21. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah, kind of a disappointing birthday present. <laughs> <laughs> I guess not really. Um so I was really looking forward to this episode and overall I liked it. I've definitely got some quibbles. Um but I think it'd be hard for me not to at least enjoy a Cordelia episode a little bit.
0: Yeah, it was a little fuzzy what was supposed to be happening. Like I, Cordelia got put in like a different yeah. timeline, but yet she had
1: some memories.
0: Well, like that was unclear because she had the memories of Angel in, and Wesley in Sunnydale and then but like didn't really seem obviously to have the memories right, of, of the rest time, of the time. Yes. Like with them, but then she immediately like like I was like it's like, was like, really little- just like terrible at his job because like literally we see her like 2 seconds <laughs> into like her fun new life and she's like I have to go to this hotel yeah and there's no reason yeah that she's jogged like nobody says it to her nobody says the word Hyperion like it it was really was kind of unclear why yeah I think that that was sloppy
1: started happening yeah and the other thing that I think was sloppy frankly is that like she that she decides to go back to that life at all I don't buy that I don't buy it I feel like there should have been they needed to write this a little bit differently so that it's like here's the life you're supposed to have you're here and then she just forces her way back into that old lifestyle, I think would have been a little bit stronger. I get that they're trying to, like, that she makes this choice, a big choice at the end of the episode, but I just don't buy that, like, hearing Angel one time say she's weak would knock her into this, like, you're right, I give up. <laughs> you know, well, yeah, like, that her was a little bit... For,
0: her reasonings for choosing it are a little strange, and I feel like there's kind of a a message that they're saying in this episode where Cordelia's faded to this lifestyle no matter what because yeah, she gets a chance to get out of it and then is immediately drawn to, like, okay, the Hyperion part is just dumb. Yeah, but, you're right, you're you right, know, Finding yeah. the wallpaper and, like, the writing on the wall and going and helping the girl. Like, she's already jumping back into helping people, like, even in this new lifestyle. So I think the message is, like, Cordelia is a person fated to do this no matter what? And, like, even though the powers that be now apparently realize, like, there's been this huge cosmic mistake, maybe it's also true that, like, Cordelia is supposed to be part of this, like... Yeah. She's supposed to be a force for good, but, like, that also I agree does get kind of undercut by the fact that like it doesn't really take a lot of persuasion for right.
1: yeah, her yeah. to Yeah, yeah,
0: and then just I mean, granted, now at the time she's basically just had a vision so so strong that it knocked her from her body. It's true, and he does so, say
1: if you don't do this, you'll die, which <laughs> so yeah. is a little bit maybe gives her some. I just I just feel like that was. But they do frame it like she's mad at Angel exactly, and that's why and, she does and it. also yeah. why was Angel saying those crappy things? Like I don't believe that he really. Or actually, I think it was meant to be
0: like she's seeing it out of context. Like, I think he's like, he's going and begging these, like, this conduit to, like, like, he's like basically making the case that they would understand that, like, she's a weak human and she's not meant to be. I get it, but that. She's not strong enough. That was so Angel to me.
1: I guess I don't mean to say that it was out of character. It was so in character with him, and he really made me mad. I was just like, really, Angel, you're still here in this place. You can't come up with some other way to say something nice about Cordelia. Like, you've seen how hard she works and that he, like, kind of called... Like, he kind of just says all the worst things about her. It's like, oh, she's she's just a girl from Sunnydale. She's just blah, blah, blah. And it's like, Angel, what year is this? Like, have you not seen how hard she's worked? Have you not seen the huge sacrifices that she's made specifically for you to save you and your baby and all these other things? I just thought he just that, came off like such as, like... But
0: it doesn't work because it's all in service of, like, convincing Cordelia to go, like the only reason they have Angel say that stuff is so that Cordelia's like,
1: fine, I want to go. I, like, I, I agree in the episode that's how they meant it, but I do think he would say those things because we've seen him be really well, paternalistic might, but- with her even even pretty late into the seasons, you know, where it's like, Angel, really? You haven't come out of this? Well,
0: yes, there is that. And also, so this is the other part that really bothered me about this episode mm-hmm. is like Angel's like paternalistic towards her, but she also has this like, strong connection to him but that they forget that she wouldn't have if she didn't I know. like live this I other know. life. So like her immediately being like I need to see him. It doesn't and, make sense. No yeah. it's fine. And I'm like why would Angel even come out of it? Because she's like oh do you remember me? Mm-hmm. Like from Sunnydale and I'm like okay but probably before no. <laughs> yeah. any of the Angel stuff happened you guys don't have a bond. Yeah. So like you going and seeing him will mean nothing to this guy. And then she like kisses him yeah, and like, it's why? like yeah. none of that makes I sense. Agree. And so I feel like the show is trying to like have it both ways where, like, yes, they're using Angel's, like, paternalism towards her to, like, piss her off and do this other thing, but then they're also trying to use her, like, I guess admiration for him and, like,
1: you know, all the connection that they have to, like,
0: to convince her this other... And it's like... you. I, it, just, it was kind of a mess. I, it was a mess,
1: the actual story. I still like the conceit of it. I like that at the end she does... I, I mean, I, I guess I mean to say I'm glad that Croelia finally got to make a choice that brings her once and for all into this And that she did really, I I think it's funny because Alex kind of was like, oh, but like, shouldn't they also have seen how she's like not totally happy in her like perfect lifestyle? And I was like, I think that's not the point. I think she, I think she really was supposed to be, it's not just she got all the success and riches that she wanted, but she was secretly unhappy. I think she was supposed to have gotten everything that she wanted and she was super happy. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I do feel like, yeah, yeah, I think this whole thing could have just been a little bit tighter so that we could really see how happy she was in her new life, and and see how she still can't give up this, like, urge to help people, you know, I, 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 yeah it just could have been a little bit cleaner, but I like the underlying story about Cordelia, at least.
0: Yeah, also I kind of like that, you know, it wasn't a story of, like, oh, you get everything you yeah, ever exactly. want and it's still, like, not, doesn't make you happy, like I, be- I totally buy that those are things that make her happy, yeah, like, yeah. we've seen before, like, you know, she forgave Angel because he bought her new yeah. clothes, <laughs> and like, Jeez. all this stuff is like, it totally tracks with Cordelia, and like, that's what's really frustrating, is like they really seem to have a handle on, like, her character. Mm-hmm. And I think generally she's written for, like, the best on the show because, yeah. like, she is a character that the writers seem to really understand. And Angel continues to just serve whatever purpose they need. Right, and, right, right, right. Yeah. And, yeah. Maybe that's why his, like, you know, diatribe to the the conduit yeah. or whatever is so upsetting. Because, like, on the one hand, you kind of believe he would say that. But on the other hand, you kind of, I, at least... yeah. Like his attitude towards her is kind of that way. Like he's like overprotective, but I also don't think that he truly believes some of those that's things. That's true. That he's yeah,
1: yeah. So Ugh. it's
0: to me, I read it more as like
1: they're just he's shoehorning saying it to them him to get again. them to
0: understand, mm-hmm. but not that he truly thinks that. But it also reads it's because it's they're so, so inconsistent with the other him. way. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's not but hard. that's what I mean yeah. because Angel only serves whatever purpose the story wants him to. Yeah.
1: It, um,
0: yeah, and also I think because we spend almost no time with Cordelia in this like new life, exactly. Because, again, it all happens too quickly. Yeah, like,
1: they just needed to run this I mean, over first two all, episodes. Skip doesn't
0: show up till like she's been unconscious for like fifteen exactly. minutes, and it's like they really could have compressed that part of the yeah, story a little I more. Know, I
1: mean, she have to be hearing these weird voices doesn't make any sense. Yeah, right, and so know. we,
0: so it also doesn't I think doesn't really land as much of a punch for her to then give up on her new life because we really only see her. At work, and we see her little, like, show reel, right. which was super charming Oh my god, adorable, I, yes, I've been but, waiting to
1: bring that yeah. up. <laughs> how, how good was all of that B-roll? Yeah, but <laughs> but again,
0: we don't really understand the choice that she's making because we don't see what she's giving yeah, up. Yeah,
1: you're totally right, they really should have just made this two episodes, because it would have been really fun to watch Cordelia, like, and to get some new side characters for once when side characters would make sense, you know what I mean? It's like, we could have seen her being happy, like, having a boyfriend, having a life, And then we could have seen how she slowly gets drawn into them instead of, like, immediately remember something that she should in no way or sense of reality remember. Like, I think it would make more sense for her to just have some coincidental run-in with Wesley and Gunn or something, right? And then she's like, oh, well, what if I just blah, blah, blah? Like, that would have made more sense than... I magically remember no, in Hyperion. No, have her, like,
0: repeat this line that Skip was like, oh, do you ever have this thing that right. you feel like you forgot, yeah. blah, 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 And it's like, sure. yes, you can have a nagging feeling that you forgot something, but then that doesn't usually lead to, like, a very specific hotel name across well, town. Well, and it's also like-
1: because his whole point was that's the powers that be slowly guiding you. And it's like, they were specifically trying to guide her away from this. Or, or else, if they were trying to force her to make this choice, I, I just don't understand what they're doing. I never understand what the powers are doing. I never like them. So, blah.
0: Um, yeah. Also, the fact that in both of these like timelines, Cordelia kisses someone with the visions and they come to her means that maybe she is, she is, supposed, is supposed to, to do have this. them. Exactly. And it kind of undercuts this whole argument that there was a cosmic mistake because it exactly. could be true that that happened with Doyle, but then to have it happen when she kisses Angel... For no reason like, when they're not in love. Is that yeah. cosmic mistake going to happen twice? Exactly. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, and then I, that kind
1: of undercuts her making this choice that does make it feel once again like, oh, you're just fated to do this instead of you really worked hard to turn down wonderful things, which I think is, that is at the end of the day, the story that I'm choosing to take away from this, because I think it's the one that's the truest to Cordelia's character, is that she truly made a heroic choice at the end of this episode to, to without question, without, without knowing the conditions of what being a demon would mean took that choice so that she could go back and help not only the helpless across LA but help specifically Angel be a better person and be happier like I think that is the core story that I am taking out of this even though they certainly did their best to muddle that up They did.
0: And I also think you're right because I feel like that scene is so telling where Skip is outlining the agony that she's going to yes. go through and all the uncertainty and she doesn't even hesitate. She's yes. like, yes. And he's like, okay, but this, she's like, yes. Yeah. And he's like, okay, but what about this? And she's like, yes. Yeah. Like she is a hundred percent clear on yeah. what she wants and finds a loophole in order to yeah. get it.
1: So and whatever else they're trying to, to, to try and like, paint her as, that's yeah, the true Cordelia. That's the story. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, we could have, like, just skipped all the parts with Angel trying to, like, champion
1: his way. Yeah, why did he even bother?
0: This isn't his fight. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, and it's not, it wasn't even necessary to the story. It wasn't.
1: You're right. Um, Okay, one last thing that Angel did that I did not enjoy, and then I do want to talk about little pieces that I think I liked, um, is that angel also when they find out that like cordelia has been hiding all of this from all of them he is sitting there to her body and he's like Ugh, why but i just don't know why you didn't tell me he's like angel when in the last year have you been in a state to help anyone <laughs> like this whole last year has been about everybody helping you like i yes cordelia should have opened up to somebody she probably should have gone to wesley <laughs> you know what i mean like i get that you and cordelia have a bond you've been in no position to be of help to anyone
0: I agree with that. Like, I do agree that he would be angry yes. and like hurt that she wouldn't trust him with that. But also it's a totally valid it's like, point. like, of course she didn't go to Angel you. Angel has barely been functional. Yeah. So what well, was she supposed to come confess this to exactly. him when he was like m- firing them and kicking them yeah, out of the hotel yeah. and like, you know, going on his like downward spiral with Darla? Yeah, that seems like a great time to tell your friend that, oh, by the way, these visions that I'm trying to help you with while you're being a giant Yeah, ass are definitely are killing, killing me. me. <laughs> Here's yeah.
1: the medical charts to prove it. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Okay, but did I like everyone else in this episode? I did. I liked Fred a Uh, lot. Fred is... I really... I know I say this every time. I really keep waiting for um fred's kind of like cuteness and like saccharine thing that she brings to start grading on me and it just has it has not i love because I mean, amy acker is so charming so when she does cute. it and like yeah. and i think it's also that like they did for a while pl- make this play off of her an angel but now she's she's just like the hype man for everybody so it's like in the beginning here she's just cheering on cordelia and just telling cordelia how great she is and she means it and it's like that's just so cute but she's done that with everybody so it's like it's never it doesn't it no longer feels like oh they're just writing the sappy story about her and angel it's like she's just everybody's best friend and she's so supportive and charming yeah so a plus amy acker and fred i love i loved her in this episode um i also of course i loved gun kind of getting his you know they're kind of now starting to play up the like gun and fred attraction and they get to say some cute things to each other but i mean west alter alter universe alternate universe Wesley missing his arm. And being just as badass, like, I really, I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed her running into Gunn and Wesley. I thought that was, I thought that was cool.
0: I really enjoyed that, and it also was, I think because, again, the rules of this timeline shift were really, like, (laughs) it really kind of threw me for a moment when she was like,
1: Wesley, and I was like, how the hell does she know who that is? And then I had
0: to remember, oh, right, Sunnydale.
1: Same, 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 same. But I really like, also, if we're talking about characters who are fated to be a certain way, I really love that, like, no matter what, Wesley is going to, going to turn into a badass demon hunter. But yeah, but I really liked them. I really liked Dennis. You know, we got to see Dennis one, probably for the last time, maybe, her ghost friend. Was that for the last time? I don't time? know. I just don't remember him really being in the show <laughs> past the first season. So I don't know. He's probably comes back. Yeah. but he had a little party hat and he was gonna throw her a little birthday party and oh, that was really little sweet yeah. Party for her. <laughs> yeah and so and once again Fred being like wait how do I introduce myself to you it was just like oh you guys
0: um I do want to talk about her fake show
1: for oh a my god please um would I watch that I loved show every minute, <laughs> 100% every minute of that and, and oh my honestly god. She's, it's,
0: it's so funny because I didn't really realize it until I was watching this and I was like Charisma Carpenter yes. has a very, like, Mary Tyler Moore she look does. about her. She was such a good um, sitcom star. Like, they put her in that hat with the scarf, yes. and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I totally agree. I was like, I could watch these clips for the rest of the show. <laughs> like, it was so delightful. <laughs> I loved how much they, too, they also just did a really good, like, you know, play on, like, this is a kooky sitcom character. And she's, like, a designer, of course she is. Like, it was a pretty good joke as well as just being, like, well shot.
0: Oh no! It's totally making fun of like every like single you know,
1: gal in the city. Yeah, single gal is <laughs> trying to
0: make it on her own sitcom. Yeah. Like you know, and, and like she's clumsy, but she's adorable, yeah. and like and and it's kind of infuriating. But I also I thought it was so I well agree. done. It's it hilarious. Was so good. Like they're just like sending up every trope about every like female led sitcom yeah, ever. Yeah,
1: totally. Um, yeah no I agree that was so they must have had so much fun shooting that like Cordelia getting to do something a little bit different but she totally can she could totally carry that kind of thing too no absolutely Um, yeah yeah I did also like her assistant in her brief you know superstar lifestyle he was really good I mean, I mean to say he was a very good assistant. She's like hypothermia, and he's like, Get her a bucket of ice water, Nope, no ice water, get her an oxygen tank. <laughs> it's like okay you're you're very good at this. She just needs to pay him more she does need to pay him more um, okay, the one final. <laughs> Or my final uh, complaint about this episode is that I'm happy that she comes back, you know, at the end of the episode and she's, we see her, it turns out she's getting another vision, except she's not even knocked out even a little bit because she now has this demon in her that's going to like help her withstand the visions. But she's like, no, 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 that other one was taken care of. And I'm like, I don't think that other one was taken care of. That happened in an alternate dimension. I'm pretty sure you guys still need to go save the girl at 171 Oak, right? But I
0: think the vision was for this other timeline. Like, if you think about it, like... Think of the way her visions work. Like, she had a vision about Fred in Pylea and, like...
1: I don't know. But that was a real thing. That wasn't an alternate universe. That's another dimension. Like, it's not an alternate timeline, rather.
0: No, but I mean, but, like, the way she resolved it was by traveling to, like, a different dimension and, like, world Mm -hmm. and all this stuff. And so I kind of feel like Mm -hmm. the vision for the girl was supposed to be resolved in the other timeline.
1: Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Because
0: that girl who summoned the demon was also a huge fan of Cordelia's show, so... yeah. I, Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. That was kind of my reading of it. Okay. Again, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but yeah. I'm not going to pull that sure. thread sure. too, too <laughs> much.
1: Sure. because I mean, This is already a pile of thread on the floor. <laughs> There's nothing yeah, left exactly. to
0: pick at. <laughs> um, but I do love that Like at the end, they're all just looking at her and she's like levitating. Yeah, yeah I like that too. <laughs> no, I, I, um, it's funny because <clears throat> I've been waiting for this episode for a while yes. because I remember really liking it. Same. And I also remember it being just, like, a nice break from all the Holtz stuff, and it really was. It was,
1: that's true. Um, oh, my God, I didn't even think about Holtz once. Yes, and, and great. how great was yeah. that? And so <laughs> didn't miss him. Um,
0: I'm willing to forgive its, like, general flaws yeah, just for the nice welcome relief from the whole, like, Connor this
1: stuff. I like, agree, like, and I think it's just yeah. another really big check mark in the, like, pros and cons of, <laughs> of how much this show focusing on a titular character is the wrong choice. Like, it's just Angel is the worst part. He he has good things about him, and he makes for some good episodes, but only when he's playing off of the other characters. So it's like, he's I just don't him as the hero. It's so
0: much every yeah. What are
1: all the things that I liked about this episode? Were literally every other character? <laughs> you know, no, it was like everybody else the, was great.
0: That's the fatal flaw of a lot of shows: is that your hero is just boring, and that's a hard problem to overcome. And this show, as we keep saying just seems unwilling to embrace that like and, and I, do I don't think know if it's a, like lot a contractual of, thing or I think it's just this older know.
1: mindset because I feel like a lot of kind of post-golden age television has really done that well where it's like oh it turns out this kind of thing that we started with isn't working and this other thing is and now we just do that I, I'm struggling to think of a good example but um I can't think of one I should have thought about, about this before but you do you know what I'm saying at all though where it's like I guess this isn't the same thing at all but like Parks and Recreation, the first season, they really positioned Leslie Nope as this, like, Michael Scott kind of airhead character. And as soon as they kind of realized that, like, that's not the best part, and we have all these other great actors in here, and then they just lean into that stuff, and then it's like, well, this is just a great ensemble show, and we literally care about every single character on it. And I just feel like a lot of other shows kind of post. 2010 maybe like we're happy to do that to be like you know what this lead isn't as good as we thought it would be we'll just do this other thing now and it has almost always been we'll turn this into an ensemble show <laughs> it's like no, why I, I not think a lot that? of shows are like yeah. that I think
0: um new girl is another yeah, example yeah. where it <clears> was supposed <throat> to be this premise of about like this woman like rebuilding her life after like this like bad breakup or whatever and it turned into like a hangout comedy mm-hmm. like you know that kind of stuff yeah. yeah, I think those shows are willing to kind of. I think because now in this TV landscape, you also have to. Exactly, like, yeah. <laughs> it's like evolve or basically get canceled. Yeah. So I think people are more willing to be like more flexible. Um, yeah. Like I'm really curious. I haven't watched it, but there's this new Michael Sher show uh-huh. um, on NBC. And it's basically like his version of Cheers. Like it's a bar. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Oh,
1: that's the Natalie Morales one or no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm
0: also like wondering how long that lasts yeah. because. I I just, like, don't – I don't think of a lot of shows these days that, like, stick with their initial premise and setting and, like, don't don't expand outside of it. Like, look at The Office. Like, over nine seasons, they eventually spent more and more time, like, outside of The Office. Like, the first season, you're only ever in The Office, and then we're eventually hanging out in people's houses and, like, places where it doesn't make any sense for the cameras to be. But – yeah.
1: But yeah, I do, so I guess I am trying to that. say, I do think it is a little bit a victim of its time, where, like, it just, people weren't as willing, or it wasn't as proven to, like, do that yet. Maybe. But, it doesn't mean that they couldn't have just done it anyway, but whatever.
0: I mean, Buffy kind of did it. Yeah.
1: I think Buffy was always about at least the, her, Xander, and Willow, though.
0: Yeah, but the premise is, like, about Buffy, but, like, it very quickly is not just about Buffy, mm-hmm. like. Think of all the storylines we're dealing with now about Willow. Mm-hmm. Like this isn't, yeah, this is about how Buffy might relate to that. But like, yeah. you know, yeah, Willow's at least getting a storyline. Whereas, like, I mean, God, when was the last time Gunn got a storyline? I know.
1: Uh, I mean, well, he had his one and wasn't great. Like yeah, work
0: super well <laughs> for me all the time. But like, or even Fred for that it's matter. True. Like, ever since Pylea, Fred hasn't really had yeah. anything. Yeah. So, so true. Um, it's just been all this angel stuff. Ugh. So Wesley's about to get one, so that's fine. But. All right. Well, it's not fine. Yeah. <laughs> not, not for Wesley. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, but that's a story for another day.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, do you have any final thoughts on birthday? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. If I keep saying the word birthday, I'm going to get that Katy Perry song in okay. my head. Okay, so I don't think I know that probably song. So should stop. Okay. Yeah. excellent. It's probably a yeah. good thing. Um, all right, do you have any pop culture
1: no I don't um I don't, except I did have this moment. I won't get into the reasons why, but I did have a moment this week where I gave somebody a lecture about the years 2012 to 2014 in the television landscape when repeatedly every single one of our favorite shows got canceled. Oh, was I was like, you don't understand, but Selfie would have been such a good show if they just named it something else, a <laughs> trophy wife. Oh, God, it was bad. I mean, it wasn't bad. It was just hilarious. And I was like, that still uh, will gut me a little bit to remember, like, I mean, speaking speaking of eras of TV, like post golden age of television, but where we still as a culture and as an industry hadn't accepted that like ratings were never going to be what they used to be. And so shows just always got canceled because they weren't getting up to these ridiculously high rating numbers that they were never going to get up to. It was just a rough, those were some rough years. <laughs> for me and honestly, me and you specifically.
0: <laughs> I think so for the last, last few years I've definitely been watching less TV. Same. And I I think I can trace it back to Same. that season because Same I was honestly like, I can't do Like it. there were some wounds that cut yeah. deep. Like I was like Selfie Wife, yeah. selfie, and then Enlisted. also Do you remember in less? Yeah, do I remember? Oh my god, Suburgatory. Suburgatory was, like, what is suburgatory wrong with was the you? F- TV networks. These shows are fantastic. Suburgatory was the forest. Suburgatory.
1: Mm-hmm yeah
0: which one what was the other one? Oh, oh i'm just saying
1: supergatory is the last in our it's not um, really a trifecta i suppose but our whatever that is yeah
0: there was just a group of comedies that all premiered around the same time and i thought they were and great, i can't even go like, back and watch
1: them because i think i'll just get so mad but maybe 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 it's almost long enough that i can do it
0: if if you had pointed to that crop of shows and said the one that would have run for seven seasons i would not have believed you that it would have been new girl
1: it's true <laughs> <laughs> I don't love new girl,
0: but maybe I just, maybe I, I just, I maybe actually, I just resent
1: it. <laughs> Is that maybe what Maybe I,
0: cause I actually think it evolved into a fairly entertaining show, but like, I get really sad about trophy wife a so lot. So
1: much. That was probably the best one of the bunch. I don't know. Enlisted was oh really God, good. Enlisted that was like woman, I forget her the name. season.
0: Who's the mom? I forget the, her The like name, zany
1: mom like, with um, the son. The first yeah, wife. Yeah, yeah, oh, I can't remember her name, but oh God, what's oh, her? Oh, the s-
0: one, no, the really uptight one. Oh my God. She <laughs> was... So funny.
1: And speaking of Natalie Morales, who's like definitely about to blow up right now, like she got her start. I mean, she got her maybe was was Parks and Rec before that, yeah. yeah. But she was gonna be a great character in Trophy Wife.
0: Yeah. Well, I guess this is our pop culture recommendation. Exactly. Go back and watch all those class
1: (laughs) shows. shows. I'm sure they're streaming somewhere. (laughs)
0: What did we say? We said Trophy Wives, Suburgatory, Selfie, and
1: Enlisted. Enlisted. Enlisted will break your heart the Selfie, most though. I think,
0: is on Hulu. I think yeah. you can watch all of them. Selfie? That made me so sad when I finished that. And I was like, why isn't John Ho a master? John star? Cho?
1: Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh
0: John yeah. Cho. Oh my god, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know.
1: Don, John,
0: I'm thinking you know who I'm thinking? I'm thinking of Don Ho. <laughs> I don't know who
1: that is.
0: Who's like this old like Hawaiian like
1: singer. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. But yeah. John Cho. That's why he's not a massive star, because I can't remember his Aww. name.
1: Um, oh. But yeah, so I've only been reliving old TV this week. I also watched Project Runway season two this week. It was great. I have no regrets. I'm watching season three Is that now. the one
0: with um, the guy who was like, more
1: flair, more flair? I think that's Austin from season one, maybe? Oh, okay. Uh, season two is the one with Santino. Season that's who I'm thinking of, I thought. Ne- if he, he puts a lot of flair on things, he doesn't like have a catchphrase like that.
0: Okay. I just, no, I just remember one episode where he was like adding feathers and he was like more flair or something. Maybe, yeah. Maybe I'm getting confused. No, he does have a really. There was a lot of sewing to keep track of. Yeah, he has. So. Well, I only
1: really watched seasons two, three, and four, so I'm just going to watch those ones and then call it quits. It's Which really Which one
0: is the hard. one with, um. With Michael. Christian Siriano. Four. He's in four. Okay. Yeah. The, the, that's the last yeah, one that I watched. Same.
1: But season three is good. Season three is the one with Michael who sews the perfect shorts. I just watched that episode. That Michael, did you know Michael is yes, dead? Yes, I did know that. And, like, of something super tragic. It was, like, a severe stomach problem. It was, like, it's not like his his life didn't go off the rails and he didn't make a bunch of bad decisions. It seems like he just, like, really unfortunately had something.
0: Uh, Speaking of deaths like that, I recently found out that Andy Hallett, who plays Lauren on Angel, had a very similar death. So he was, like... In his like I think he was like thirty three yeah. or something Ugh, when he died. That's awful. And the way he died was he had like a tooth infection and it <gasps> migrated to his heart. Oh, that's awful. And, and then he recovered, but he was already like pretty weak yeah. from it. And so he died of congestive heart failure. Oh my God.
1: Ugh. That's
0: sad. Which I can't believe I, didn't, I, know didn't, know, I like, didn't know that. I was recently looking up something and then it was like oh, I was looking up like Andy Hallett, I think, and then it was like was an actor oh my and I was God. like, Wait, what? And then I saw the dates and I was like he died in like um, I think like 2006 or
1: 2000. like Oh yeah. Maybe not 2009. That Wow. 2009. Oh my God, he yeah. was so young. Oh, I've never seen him without his makeup on. <laughs> yeah. That's sad. It's just
0: like the weirdest freak accident that yeah. like, or that's not even freak accident, but like freaky illness. Yeah.
1: Like, I don't know. Okay. Anyway, well, this conversation took a weird turn, but there was a lot of great television note. between, I don't know, 2006 and 2014 <laughs> that you should go explore if you never have yeah maybe it's a little bit easier to to watch those shows just knowing that they you you know it's not like when we were just like every week i and sorry not to not to just continue to harp on this but it was just it was also coming off of community and parks and rec which literally every season were on the verge of getting canceled so it was like you and i spent all these years watching these shows and then it was like every day we're like crossing our fingers that they don't get canceled and it was like this new crop of shows and like every day you're hoping they don't get canceled and then they did it was really heartbreaking but now knowing when they end, I think might help make it a little bit more palatable to be like, you know what? This is a short 13 episode run <laughs> of an experiment and I can just enjoy it. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, What team are you on? I am going to be team Dawn this week because she needs some recognition. All
0: right. I think I'm going to be team Cordelia.
1: Okay, good. Yes. That's the better, more yeah. obvious choice. Yeah.
0: We didn't really talk about it and we don't have to too much, but I also still don't understand why Skip was the one that was dealing uh, with her. Cause we had met him mind. before.
1: <laughs> I, I liked it. I liked him. Yeah. But he I, didn't I really explain what he was doing there. I, he's just like, he's the guide. He's the, but know, he was he also like the them. prison guard for Billy. Yeah. I know. Now Billy's not there. So he got a new job. Okay.
0: <laughs> I like that explanation.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, um, next right, so week. Yeah. What do oh, we have next time? Double meat palace. Oh God. I know, boy. <laughs> Double Meat Palace and an episode called Provider, which could be about anything.
0: I'm assuming it's about Angel being a new dad. Probably.
1: And realizing okay.
0: that he can't pay for college. <laughs> also, Angel is a really stupid vampire. He should be super wealthy.
1: It's true. It is Any- so true.
0: Yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, okay. we'll be I'll back to next, next time week. for those. Yep. All right, bye. Bye. Once More with Commentary is produced by me, Allie.
1: And me, Jenny. Our theme music is from the album Rockingham by Nerf Herder.
0: And our podcast logo is by Ryan Cooney. You can email us at scoobies at morewithcommentary.com with any feedback, questions, comments that you have, and find us on Twitter and Instagram at podcast.
1: You can also find our most recent episodes and any show notes at oncemorewithcommentary.com.